Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Morning, church. How are we doing? Good morning. Good morning. Hey, my name is Jeff. I'm one of the um, campus pastors here. And before we go, today is National um, Pastor Appreciation. So could y'all stand for me? No, I'm just kidding. Can we just give a round of applause for Jason Kilby? Um, Thank you for what you do. Um, Y'all keep it going. Let's keep it going. Thank you for what you do. Um, We really appreciate um, the time um, and the, the effort and just the things that you do for this church and for us. Um, thank you for being an example of, of a great husband. Um, well, Sarah, an all right husband. Um, no, I was kidding. And, and, a, and a great dad. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much. I really do appreciate what you've been for me, um, for my wife, um, and for all of us. I think we can agree. Um, but like I said, my name is Jeff, and I'm one of the campus pastors here. And today we are in week two um, of our October sermon series called Relational vampires, blah, 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 you know, Um, blah, 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 Uh, and how we should um, love those that suck the life out of us, Um, so next week, um, we're going to be talking, or last week, we talked about how we should deal with people that are over-controlling, and so next week after this, we're going to be talking about um, how we should deal with people that are needy. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to end it with something that we ended our last sermon series, but how we should love people that are hypocritical. Um, they claim to love Jesus and live one way, but their life kind of shows something different. But for today, um, we're going to dive into a subject that I think all of us at one point in our lives are going to have to deal with, or people that we're going to have to deal with, and that is um, critical people. Raise your hand if you've dealt with a critical person in your life before. Yes, yes, two hands up in the air. Um, and, if, and I want you to know that if you dealt with critical people in your life, you're in the right place this morning. Now, if you pointed out three to five things that are already wrong with the church this morning, maybe you're a critical person and you're in the right place this morning as well. Um, but you know, we deal with over-critically, over-critical people, whether it's your boss being too critical, you only hear from them when you're doing something wrong, or maybe you're an adult and your parents are still critical of you. Like, I feel like I'm an adult, like I'm 27, about to be 28, and my mom is still critical of me, but are you like real adults, like actual adults um, that, that deal with a, an, over, an over-critical parent? You know, you should raise your kids different. You shouldn't spend your money like that. Why are you going to Centerpoint? It's not even really a church Y'all don't go, y'all go to the bank on Sunday mornings. Y'all don't go to a church. There's no cross out. You know, why, why are you doing this? Or maybe it's an overbearing spouse or overcritical spouse. You know, I don't like the way you walk. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you chew. I don't like the way you do dishes. I don't like the way that you don't do dishes. I don't like how you wear the same underwear for two days and just turn them inside out and then wear them for two more days. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And I, I don't like the way that you take so long to get ready. I mean, you got one face. You don't take that long to make it up. But regardless, we always will deal with critical people. I have a question real quick. How many of you all have dealt, uh, have heard someone be critical of the church? Raise your hand. Our students, have you heard, what's a lot? <laughs> have you heard someone be critical of, of living room? Yeah? Okay, well, Jason, we're going to pull up to those people's houses, 
and we're going to see how critical they really are, you know, when they're face-to-face with a guy from the hood in Louisville. Um, but, I, I, you know, it's okay. It's part of the game, you know. It's, and I think that center point's kind of an easy target, you know. We don't really have a building, quote-unquote. We're actually about to get a building, but people are saying, well, I don't, we don't need another church on Main Street. I was like, we're not another church. We're just moving down the block, you know. The church, the worship is too loud, you know. The, the, the people that go there are weird. You see the youth pastor, he's weird. Like, oh, my gosh, have you seen how the pastor acts on the soccer field? <laughs> I got the videos, okay? That is not the church you want to be going to on Sunday, okay? I got the videos. But it's just a part of the game. And who charges 50 cent for a water? Water should be free. Like, if you want free water, there's water fountains in between the bathrooms and the back wall right over there. So if you don't want to pay 50 cent, that's where you can go. But no matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter what, you're, what moves you're making, no matter what relationship you're in, no matter what you do, it's impossible to avoid people that are critical. And this is a, a quote from Aristotle, and this will be the first and last time I quote Aristotle because I really didn't even know how to spell his name. But let's be honest. But he said, if you want to avoid, oh, if you want to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. And I don't want to be critical of this quote, Aristotle, wherever you are. But I think if you did nothing. People will be critical of you and call you a lazy bum. I mean, am I right? But no matter what you do, no matter who you are, you're going to receive criticism, especially if you're a Christ follower. Because, you know, you, you act different, you, you speak different, your values are different, and the people of the world just don't understand it. And for some of us, critical, critical relationships are, are wrecking all of our relationships, honestly. Your mom is, or dad is critical, your spouse is critical, your boss is critical. So how do we overcome a critical spirit? And I want to give us four thoughts today um, as we move forward. And if you're taking notes, take notes. I think it's important that you take notes because you shouldn't believe everything I say. Um, you shouldn't do that. But take notes. Um, and if you are, how, the reason, way number one, how you should respond um, to an overcritical person is oftentimes, believe it or not, don't respond. Yes. Can I get an amen? Don't respond. I think, and I think that can be incredibly freeing. Like just because they have access to you does not mean that, they, that you should listen to every word that they say. And Jesus, Jesus did this himself. Um, in 1 Peter 2 23, it says, when they hurled insults at Jesus, and what hidden sauce did they hurl at him? They said he was a friend of, a sinner, of sinners, and that wasn't good. He was a drunk. Um, he ate too much. He partied too much. Honestly, this kind of sounds like me, if we're being real. Um, and if someone says, you eat too much, I'm like, that's what they said to Jesus. I'm being, ho- I'm being, holy, I'm being hungry because he is hungry. They said he was a lunatic, a false god, and a heretic. And if they criticized Jesus, who was perfect... They're going to criticize you. But this is what, they, this is what Paul said um, G, when, in Jesus' reaction to them. He says, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Notice I said that he did not retaliate. He did not defend himself. He didn't fight back. He didn't complain. But instead, he entrusted himself to his Father in heaven. He knew who he was in Christ. 
And so if there, if, how do you respond to someone who's being critical? Sometimes you just don't. Just be free. Just know and, and that just because, like I said, just because they have access to you doesn't mean that they demand a response from you. And I love what um, Proverbs 19.11 says. Let's go to it. It says, a person who yields patience, it is one's glory, let's say this together, to overlook an offense. I didn't, come on, I know it's cold outside, but y'all can speak up. Let's try this one more time. A person's wisdom yields, sorry, is one's glory to overlook an offense. So to overlook an offense doesn't mean to just let it go. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it did not happen, but it means to like choose to forgive that person in real time, choose to move above it, above it, rise above it. I could get angry. I could get mad. I could defend myself. I could fight you back. I could be bitter. But in this moment, I'm choosing to get to, to rise above it and allow God's spirit to rise me above it so that I don't have to, you know, sit on this for three months and be bitter and and, you know, allow that hurt to just fester inside of me. I'm choosing in the right now because God has called me for higher to not allow this low to take me away from a higher purpose. And this is something that my wife and I had to deal with um, recently. Uh, there, was some, there was some really significant hurt um, that we kind of went through. And a lot of me, like the hood in me, wanted to fight back. Wanted to, you know, be like, hey, listen, you're wrong. I want you to know you're wrong. Meet me in the boxing ring so I can show you how wrong you are. But instead of doing that, like, I allowed the Holy Spirit to move me above it. I chose in real time to forgive that person. And, and because of that, I gained so much freedom. So sometimes you just don't have to respond. Reason number two, how should we respond to someone with a critical heart? Sometimes you respond carefully. Notice I didn't say you react instinctively. There's a difference between responding and reacting. Reacting is emotion-led. Responding is spirit-led. A great example of this um, happened in the Old Testament with a guy named Gideon. And he was receiving some heat from people who didn't like what he did. And it says this. And Judges 8, 1 and 2, it says, now the Ephraimites, I think that's the correct pronunciation. We're going to call them that. The Ephraimites asked Gideon, why do you treat us like this? Why did you not call us when you went to fight Midian? And what did he say back? He was like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. God got us. We got shiny grapes. I promise you. That's what he said. Read your Bible. Judges 8. And when he responded, he responded carefully to them. And it says in verse 3, when the men of Ephraim were heard Gideon, heard Gideon's answers, the anger subsided. So sometimes when someone is being critical of you, if you give them just a, a moment of like clarity where you say, hey, this is what's really going on. You give them a, a, like a clarification, the anger will subside and they actually give, get a, obtain an understanding that they didn't have before. In other words, if someone is criticizing you, you know, why do you want to go to that school? Um, why do you want to go into full-time ministry? That's stupid. You should go into business because that's the greatest place in the world, right? You know, why, so you're telling me you want to take a gap year 
to figure out what God wants from you. No, you're 19, you, you're 18 or 17, you need to go to this school, but you can't win or lose, you know, because why you want to go to that school? You need to be going to this school. You don't go to that school, it's too far away. No matter what, you or sometimes, no matter what they say, sometimes all you have to do is just give them clarity and, a, and like a logical explanation as to why you're choosing what you're choosing and their anger should sub, sub, subside. So what happens when you, your friend gives you harsh criticism or your coworker picks you apart or your parents are always writing you and writing you and writing you? Before you respond to them, take a second, step away, because when emotions are high, wisdom is low. I'll say that again because I think that was like an amen moment. When, it, when emotions are high, Wisdom is low. When emotions are high, you cannot be led by the Spirit. So that's why it's incredibly critical. And I want to encourage you that when, I want you to understand this as well. Sometimes when someone is critical of you, it actually has nothing to do with you. Like sometimes when someone is critical of you, it's actually coming from a place of hurt or anger inside of them. Someone once said, you know, behind every anger is a hurt. So sometimes when, when someone's being overcritical of you, and, and it's because they may be dealing with some inconsistencies in their life. You know, and I'll say this too. I've never met a well-adjusted, happy, positive, productive person that is always posting negative stuff on Facebook. Amen? Like, I've never met someone that is, like, loving life, enjoying, enjoying life, enjoying Jesus, and always posting hate on Facebook. Can I say that this morning? I think that that stuff isn't born out of a mean-spirited person. Our mean spirit is born out of a hurt. And if we aren't careful, we can become that hypocritical person. You know, when your mom won't let up and your dad is always in your grill and your spouse is just nag, 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 nag. Just take a second and realize that maybe, just maybe, they're hurting. So how do we... Respond to a person with a critical spirit. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you respond carefully. And reason number three, this may be a hot take. Occasionally, you listen to them and you make a change. You realize that, you know, they may be critical of you, but there's maybe something actually in your life that, that needs to change. You know, this person that's always in your business and always pointing out, you know, the wrong in you, they're probably right. Amen? And if you, is your spouse who loves you, you know, this person that said, I do, this person that loves you and cares for you says, hey, you are too hard on the kids. You are too hard on them. You're always yelling. I think they're right. You may be too hard on them. And if your auntie, your uncle, your dad, your dog, your cat, your goldfish, everyone around you says you're dating the devil, you need to cast that demon out in the name of Jesus. Like, get rid of that dude, okay? It's just honest. And I've learned this, and it says this in uh, Proverbs 13, uh, Proverbs 15, 31 and 32. And this is critical. It says, if you listen to constructive criticism, criticism, you will be at home among the wise. But if you reject discipline, you're only harm to yourself. 
you only harm yourself. I've learned a lot through criticism. I say sometimes that my wife's love language is criticism, but she loves me. It's her love language. It's how she shows me love. But I've learned so much, even from people that don't like me, even from like coworkers that are just like, Jeff, you need to stop, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've learned so much from criticism. And that was a time, because, I mean, I've been doing this whole, like, preaching thing for about three or four years now, and Jason, like, started letting me get on stage and do main service, and I'm like, yeah, but I think the second time I was up here, I said some stuff that was a little, you know, a little off. Um, I was like, and it's okay for your kids to hate you. They don't even know how to wash their elbows. And then I was like, you know, it's okay. I suck, you suck, we all suck, for I suck. And... Jason met with me Monday morning. That's what we do. We meet on Mondays. And he was like, hey, man, you can't be saying stuff like that on stage. And since then, uh, I've kind of made, I've thought about the things that I say before they, I say them, because that's a criticism that I get. And I've learned from it. And then when Jason isn't here, I can say what I want, because I know he doesn't listen. <laughs> I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. I mean, maybe he does. But when he's here, I'm just like, yeah, go right with the notes. Don't look up from the notes. Stay on the notes. <laughs> but there are so many areas in my life and in our lives that when people are critical, whether it's constructive or harmful, we can become better because of it. We can become better husbands or wives. We can become better friends, better leaders. If, and if you look back on your life and you haven't grown from people's criticism, I think you're missing huge opportunities for God to do amazing things in your life. So how do we respond to a person or people with a critical heart? One, we don't. Sometimes, often, we don't. We choose to respond carefully. We listen and make a change. And lastly, we always work to guard our heart. We always work to guard our heart. Because we don't want to be a people that has a critical spirit, amen? Because, because who has a critical spirit? The Bible says Satan has a critical spirit. He is the accuser. He is the father of lies. He's, he's the one that moves with guilt and shame, and he puts that on us, and we don't want to live. We want, don't want to allow that spirit inside of us. And this is what Proverbs says, and if you all were here, last time we talked about critical, critical people, um, you would remember this, but Proverbs 12 and 18, it says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. And I don't want my words, my heart, my spirit, my actions to cut people down. I want to lift people up. I want to bring hope and love and peace into someone's spirit. But the problem is our spiritual nature. The problem is the wrong in this world. And sometimes you have no idea how critical you are. You know, you look like, mm Blah, blah, blah. She shouldn't be wearing that to church. Mm-mm. I know it says come as you are, but we not, he didn't talk about that. That skirt you got is not as you are, honey. Or, you know, I don't know why he's wearing all those holes in his pants up, up on stage. The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. Not, he's talking about your spirit, not your pants. <laughs> and honestly, they should have chocolate ice donuts. Not just plain glaze, they should have chocolate ice so that they can, so that they can witness to all people, okay? And the, the worship is just too long, it's just too loud. They clap and they yell, 
Like, we don't need to worship like that. Are you just trying to be the center of attention? I'm just just telling like it is. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just, I'm not sugarcoating it. That's what we say in the South, right? I'm not sugarcoating nothing. You have no idea, no idea how critical our spirits can be. That's why we have to guard our hearts. And I can be very critical. If we're being honest up here, I can be very critical. Like, oh, yeah, you say you love Jesus, but how are you serving? Oh, you say you love Jesus, but how much time are you spending in your word? Mm. Oh, you don't have time to serve? Oh, okay, okay. I don't have time either, but what am I doing? Okay. I can, like, point out 15 things that are wrong with people in their walk with God, and that is so, that's such a bad thing in me. Why can we be so critical? I think it's because all of us can be critical because criticism is born out of pride, ignorance, or hurt. It is what it is. We can be critical because we've dealt with, we're dealing with pride or, or ignorance. We just don't know what's going on in someone's life, but we're critical of them or hurt that we've, that we've been through. And so we're just going to be critical of people just because we're hurting on the inside. So how, what do we do to overcome that spiritual heart? What do we do or that critical heart? For some of us, like, we have to, and we said this last week, you have to know your calling. You have to know what Jesus has called you to do. How do we overcome that critical spirit? It's like, listen, I am so grounded in Christ and who I'm supposed to be that I don't even have time to listen to what you have to say. And if I can't learn from it, like if what you're telling me, I can't learn from it, then, then I just got to move on. You know, you can't, you can't live for the approval of God. I'm sorry, you can't live and praise God and live for, to, to, uh, for the approval of, of other people. You just can't. And at the same time, like, I don't want to tear people down just to justify myself. I'm not driven by others' praised, praises, and I'm not derailed by the criticism. Like, I don't live, if, if you live, like, for the presence of someone's praise, you'll die by the absence of it. I don't know who said that, but it's an amen moment. I don't want to allow compliments to get to my head either. I'll allow them to, you know, thank you for that. But I don't want compliments to get to my head. And at the same time, I don't want to let criticism get to my heart. So how do we deal with a critical spirit? It's just confidence. You have confidence in who Christ has called you to be. You have confidence is like, listen, I am reaching towards Jesus. And if you have a problem with me reaching forward toward Jesus, I'll listen to you. But if it's, not, if it's not helping me, if you're not lifting me up, if you're not bringing me closer to him, I'm just not, like, I'll see you later, buddy. Thank you, but bye. Because God is calling me to so much more. God is calling me to so much higher. And I don't have, I don't have like the time to listen to you. I'm going to rise above it and I'm going to move on. That's how we, we respond to someone with a critical spirit. And this is my last note, and I think it's very powerful. This is what Paul says in Romans, Romans 10 through 13. It says, he says, so, I'm sorry, Romans 14, 10 through 13, yes. 
He says, so why do, we con- why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on other believers? Remember, we all will stand before the judgment seat of God. Yes, each of us will make a public, will make a personal account to God. So let us stop condemning others. Let us stop condemning others. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister. Stop tearing each other down. There's, there's already enough hate in this world. There's already enough bad in this world. We saw, we saw it here. There were so many people fighting. Like, let's start focusing on the good in people. Let's start focusing on the good in people and not look at the, the bad. Because honestly, and I'll be real, you will never, like, be able to do amazingly great things with God. He will never take you to that high place if you're always focusing on the negative. If you're always looking at the negative, you're never going to do great things for God because that's not even God's heart. That's not even God's heart. When God, you know, in Genesis, did it say, when he made heaven and earth, he was like, hmm, Mm, I don't know about that, Eve. Mm, Adam, yeah, you're all right, I guess. You're lonely. Oh, come on, Adam. You know, I think he was critical of the mosquitoes and the flies. But I don't, he wasn't critical at all. He said, he said, this is good. Behold, this is good. And then when bad stepped into the world, when sin came, Jesus sent holy and just and righteous and beautiful his son to die for sin and when he defeated death and rose from the dead and he ascended unto heaven he says I now give you my spirit I now give you my spirit so when we walk into the room as Christ followers we are light bearers we are Christ bearers we are love bearers we 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 walk into the room so does forgiveness and mercy when we walk into the room we lift spirits up we build people up. We tell the truth, yes, but we also point people toward Jesus, and we don't tell the truth without love. We don't tell the truth without love. We are grounded in his love and in his mercy, and we want to see other people reach their full potential in Christ. So how do you respond to a critical spirit? Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you respond carefully. Sometimes you take it in and you make a change and you always guard your heart. And how do you deal if you are a person dealing with a critical spirit? How do you deal with that? Hey, just look up. Jesus has so much more for you. I promise he'll bring you healing. You don't have to tear people down. God is so beautiful. His mercy endures forever. He is beautiful. His promise still stands great as his faithfulness. That's who Jesus is. So if you're dealing with a critical heart, fall into the arms of Jesus. Allow him to give you his because his heart is beautiful. That's how you deal with it. That's how you love the people that suck the life out of us. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus. Um, God, we love you. 
We praise you for who you are. We thank you for the things that you are going to do. I pray, Lord God, that you just fill us with your spirit. I pray that you give us the wisdom and the discernment to understand how we should respond to people with critical hearts. How we should realize that it's maybe just out of a hurt that they're being critical. I pray that we're able to show them your love. Show them your mercy. Because it's probably just out of a hurt that they're acting like that. And also, Lord, I pray for the people that are dealing with a critical spirit inside of them. I pray, Lord God, that your spirit just like floods them. Just like, just like that song said, like I'm sinking. I'm, I'm in over my head in your love and in your grace and in your mercy. God, you're so good. We thank you so much for this day. I pray, Lord God, that what, what, what you have said, I pray that it falls on fertile ground and that we soak it in and it grows into fruit that you only get the glory for. God, we thank you. And it's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen.